Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Israeli Defense Ministry declaring a total siege of the Gaza Strip. No power, no water, no electricity. They say they are dealing with, quote, barbaric terrorists, and that, quote, we will act accordingly. On the ground in Hamas-controlled Gaza, ambulances rushing to the scene. Israel's retaliatory strikes, leaving more than 600 dead. The retaliation comes 48 hours after a sweeping, coordinated, and brutal assault that left much of Israel under attack. The worst attack on Israel in 50 years. More than 900 dead here in Israel, at least 11 Americans among them. It's the deadliest day in Israel's history at this point, and... um uh, Israel and Hamas are exchanging rocket fire as we speak. One interesting thing that I became aware of in recent hours is Richard Engel on NBC News. He went to where that concert was being held in the desert. He went to that location. Uh, that's just a horrifying story, the way they just showed up on motorcycles, rode into that concert, and started firing on people. And then they had uh, the the terrorist, scumbag, lunatic, murdering nihilists had uh they had gone to the parking lot and they were waiting behind the cars knowing that people would run toward the parking lot and then when people got close to the parking lot they stood up and started mowing those people down that's how i ended up with 300 people dead just in that location but uh richard engel made the point this morning on nbc that uh he was picturing this all being fairly quickly they 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 breached the walls. They cut the fences. They did whatever. They got through in a whole bunch of different locations. Came in, murdered people, grabbed hostages, and got out. But for instance, that concert venue was a four-hour ordeal. Ugh. And and how were the Israeli defense forces not able to respond more quickly to that? And how were people able to you know terrorists able to run around the country all day long abducting people? We got this text, which is interesting. It seems like you don't understand the nature of the holiday when Hamas attacked Israel. 
During that Jewish holiday, Jews aren't allowed to use their phones, computers, internet, etc. That's why it took so long for the word to get out and do your job, obviously, or work. That's why it took so long for the word to get out about the attacks. Let's not victim blame Israel for this. If someone poisoned all the turkeys on Thanksgiving, you wouldn't be on the radio saying, well, why were so many people eating turkey? Please adjust the way you're speaking about victims of terrorism. I'm not sure I buy that analogy. No, I don't at all. I think if I had an enemy who specifically was vowing to poison turkeys, it would be on us to make sure we check our turkeys and they don't get poisoned. If you got an enemy right on the other side of that fence, man, you gotta you gotta have some sort of backup plan where like you know a certain percentage of your forces stay on duty for the first part of the day and you know some sort of rotating whatever you can't just announce to the world hey certain numbers of the day were completely vulnerable so just letting you know that doesn't make any sense the next time i find a use of the term victim blaming that i think is uh, uh, logical it'll be the first time <sighs> I, I don't think most people need to have this explained to them, but yes, the murderous, jihadi, nihilist scum are to blame for the evil. On the other hand, Israel, which has been on, in constant threat since the day it was founded, responded very poorly when that threat uh, was manifest this time. Those things are both true. It's not one or the other. Yeah, no, if I walk through a bad neighborhood with diamond necklaces and somebody baps me on the head and takes my stuff they're the bad guy not me right but there's nothing wrong with pointing out maybe you can't walk through that neighborhood at night with neck diamond necklaces um yeah that was that's that's absolutely amazing and uh from a couple of podcasts i took in yesterday with people with family members in israel who are dealing with it all day long people were huddled in their houses taking in uh, social media videos of like right over there they just abducted people and killed them oh my god where's the police where are the defense forces all day long they were wondering that that had to be just horrifying and so bewildering yeah we got this note from an orthodox uh, jewish listener who uh made a number of points similar to some of those that uh, our our angry friend did uh but she points out these people are terrorists their job is to cause terror they chose this day not only because of its significance because uh, but because it was sure to inspire terror to millions of jews across the world who would be sitting in wonder until after sundown on sunday night um it's worth mentioning, by the way, according to the Canadian Broadcast Company, you should not use the term terrorist in your coverage of Israel's war with Hamas. Quote, do not refer to militant soldiers or anyone else as terrorists. The notion of terrorism remains heavily politicized and is part of the story. That's an opinion, not an a, fact, a fact, wrote the CBC's Director of Journalistic Standards, George Atchie. Uh, these are the folks who went into small towns there and slaughtered entire families, including infants, uh, the old, uh, little girls and little boys, uh, in an effort to cause terror. But you should not call them terrorists, according to the CBC. Thank you for that instruction. Well, it's obviously not catching on here in the United States. I have been heartened and happy to see. It's almost a throwback to another time. The amount of uh, uh, agreement on like cable news channels and different hosts and politicians of different stripes, more than happy to use the word terrorists uh, when talking about this sort of thing. Been been very happy about that. Now, we do have this interesting wrinkle going on today. 
that the president of the United States is going to address the country on this at one at Eastern, long last at one Eastern 11 Pacific. This is what Mark Halperin writes in his political newsletter about that today. Will the American president's planned address on the terrorist attacks be one for the ages with stirring rhetoric? muscularity and memorably delivered, commemorating the moment and bringing the attention of the nation and the world on the shared challenges ahead? We all know the answer to that. That's a pretty snarky way to put that. (laughs) Wow. That's a pretty snarky way to put that, to just come out and say, well, we know he's not up to that. Now, uh, it does point out there was a, a great statement released from Joe Biden and President Macron of France, and Chancellor Schultz of Germany, and the Prime Minister of Italy, and Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, and uh, all these people yesterday calling out this for all the horror and terrorism and violence and awfulness that it it is and standing with Israel. That was a great statement that came out from all those countries yesterday. Yeah, agreed. Absolutely. I just happened to think of this note we got from a frequent correspondent says, this brings up a, well, something else, brings up a pet theory I've had for a while. Less than a year ago, Biden was showing signs of dementia in his day-to-day routine, but he would just as often appear alert and capable of reasonable dialogue. But about six months ago, that stopped. Even for important things, like addressing Hawaii's mass casualty event from the fires, for example, Biden just didn't look like he'd had that big fat shot in the ass that uh, Trump referenced. I can only speculate that whatever drug cocktail they were giving him was having diminishing success, and they were saving the big doses for really important events. Well, if that Hawaii thing wasn't a really important event, then it's really an issue. Then he says that if uh, if he does run and he can pop his head up half a dozen times before the election and look sharp for big-ticket events, that might fool enough people to uh, re-elect him. But he just reflects what we've been discussing. His decline in the last six months has been uh, stark. So I'll be interested to see what today looks like. Now, even as we evolve our institutions. Boy, you wonder to what extent he has been actively participating in all these meetings and decisions to be made over the last 72 hours. It's just it's just hard to picture. I, you got to believe a, a younger president, you know, a, a 42-year-old Bill Clinton or, or, or Barack Obama or George Bush or whoever, would have been in you know in meetings practically round the clock that first short twenty four hours. And there's no way Joe Biden was. Well, and made a statement long before now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, granted, they put out a written statement. Do you but... think you think we're going to find out like that? They're really, really keeping this secret from us. Like someday this will be out. That I mean, like that the, 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 there are doctors and handlers that have been looking at him over the last three days. We need to get him to get a statement. We got to pick the right time, though. He's not. He's he can't do it right now. Yes, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. Wow. I wonder how long till we know that because we didn't find out about Woodrow Wilson or FDR's real situation and Reagan's real situation with his dementia till quite a while afterwards. There might be 10 tell-all books by June of 2025 (laughs) from staffers and cabinet members and and joint chiefs or whatever, as is the trend these days. True, because there's so much money in it. I want to hear this clip. I actually want to hear it just because I haven't heard it. This is John Kirby. Um, He's a Pentagon spokesman, White House spokesman, whatever he is. He was on Morning Joe on MSNBC talking about that $6 billion that went to Iran and whether or not, you know, what's going on with that? 
Uh, I did hear the conversation about the $6 billion. Uh, it can be refrozen at any time. I'm not here to announce a policy decision one way or the other on that. Uh, but as we said, when we got those Americans out of Tehran, that money can be frozen at any time. We can stop any transaction. And it is important for people to know that not a single dinar of that $6 billion uh, has ever gone into Iran for humanitarian purposes. None of it has been allocated. None, none of it has been spent. So it's all still sitting in a cuttery bank. And that is an option that's available to us. Okay, well, that last part, once again, that just denies the, uh, the, the, the existence of the fungibility of money. But the fact that he came out there and said, yeah, that could be refrozen. Why hasn't it been refrozen already? Is that just part of the whole Israel and the United States is waiting for the right time to officially say, hey, Iran, we know it was you. Because I they, think so, yeah. Because you got to figure it, out how you're going to deal with it. Uh, yeah, and, and working around an adult president as well. Uh, yeah, th- and that makes sense. That's fine. You don't show your cards until y- you have to play them. But, uh, you know, the metaphor that's leapt to mind with the whole, we do not have uh, definitive information that Iran was behind it. It's like the New York Yankees double-A affiliate traded an outfielder and the sports press saying, we don't have definitive proof that the Yankees were behind this trade. Y- yeah, you do. <laughs> That's how the business works. That's how Hamas and Hezbollah work. Their financier, their backer, their arms dealer is Iran. Come on. But again, I get it. If there's some strategic interest uh, promoted by saying, yeah, we don't know. Might have been them, might not. We probably won't attack them at all or do any crazy sanctions or anything. Don't worry about it. That's fine. Well, that changes the story a lot if... You're starting to blame officially Iran. And then if we start sending U.S. commandos into Gaza to get hostages out and we have anybody killed, that's going to be an interesting domestic political story and uh, militarily strategic story for the United States. Mm -hmm. Well, it's almost certainly going to go in that direction as Israel's whole, maybe we can live uh, semi-peacefully side by side, even with a Hamas run uh, Gaza, that period of their history is over for good. So they're going to do what they can to wipe Hamas off the map. Yeah, essentially, which will almost cer- well, it's already brought in attacks from other quarters, Hezbollah specifically, and that's not going to ratchet down. I don't think. How long can you cut off the water? Water's the first need, but how long can you cut off the water, electricity, food, everything? in a a tight little area of 2.2 million people before things get really, 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 really crazy. I wouldn't think very very long. long. No. I think days. Like a couple of days. The most. Wow. This is going to be quite the story. Got more on the way. We got to take a break. Uh, Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe 
Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. If you're a longtime listener of the Armstrong and Getty Show, you know that normally we do not have much trouble transitioning back and forth between the, like, bone serious and completely frivolous. I mean, that has been the nature of our show from the outset. But I must admit I'm having some troubles now. I don't know if I'm just getting older or the nature of this story or whatever. But anyway. On the other hand, and here's the way I like to do it. In another jarring transition, the likes of which have endeared us to dozens, <laughs> here's something completely different. <laughs> in sync, in a place they haven't been since 2002. Just let me take you to a better place. The song Better Place debuts at number 25 on the Billboard Hot 100 singles chart, the boy band's first time on the chart in 21 years. It's the group's 13th Hot 100 hit and their 11th time in the top 40. The last in sync song on the chart was Girlfriend, featuring Nelly in June of 2002. The single Better Place is a song off the upcoming Trolls Band Together movie soundtrack. So <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll probably watch the Trolls movie because we kind of like those. But um, uh, Katie, we know if you're of a certain age and probably more likely if you're female than male, uh, sync having a new song come out is a big deal, right, Katie? Huge. Yeah. How old Can't. are hmm? here It's rolling right now. Uh, that's not me whistling. That's Justin Timberlake whistling. Uh, he's an NSYNC, oh, right? Oh, see one of those guys. <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't know in sync if they walked into the studio in full uniform and began dancing. I assume they dance. Of course they dance. Okay. Um, is Justin Timberlake part of this project though? Yes. Oh wow! See what? I'll tell you what. Those other guys oh. in sync were like, yes, yes. Well, he probably <laughs> saw them on the street, starving, living in a tent, and thought, oh my god, I got to do something. <laughs> yeah, Justin Timberlake's one of the lead singers for NSYNC. But the fact that he was willing, you see, you could get in sync back together without Justin Timberlake, and they would play at a bar down the street. But you know, this is a bigger deal, right? Is is Lance Largemouth Bass part of this outfit as well? Yes. Okay. Look at right. you. Look at you knowing the names of members of In Sync. Wow, I am impressed. Yeah. A couple of them. How many can you oh. name, Katie? Oh, don't I can all of them. How many are there? Dozens? Five. Oh, five. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you still have posters on your wall? I do not, but I <laughs> I had every inch of my walls covered growing up, and my heartthrob was Lance Bass. Oh, really? And oh. my dad still gives me hell going, oh, how does it feel knowing the guy you were in love with came out of the closet? Oh, I'm like, oh, I forgot yeah, Lance Bass is gay. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, Time to, yeah. to re-adjust uh, your gaydar there, Katie. That's, it was uh, it was way off. 
Well, he was oh, a child, wasn't he? Weren't they, weren't they teenagers when they were bigger? And he was gay, so obviously he was the the prettiest one. So yeah, whatever. there you go. Anyway. There you go. In the end. Good dance. The, I, I do need to hear the hook. Can you play the hook for me? This is the hook. Of the oh, just let make it stop. Okay. I'm gonna make it kiss the sky. Sounds like I Justin heard Timberlake like disco is disco is back, okay. back and bigger than ever. I don't know. And the Trolls movies are good, so uh, for kids oh, movies. I, th- I thought it was a movie about uh, angry, mean people on the internet. Trolls band together. No, they're little cartoon figures who sing. You suck. You're stupid. Uh, we've got some latest on the horror, um, some developing things that are kind of interesting. President is going to speak today. Bunch of stuff on the way. If you miss a, a segment, get the podcast, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. If you harm one American in Syria by using your Iranian militia against us in Syria, if you escalate the war by urging Hezbollah to attack Israel in the north, if Hamas kills one American and Israeli hostage, we're going to blow up your oil refineries and put you out of business. It is now time to take the war to the Ayatollah's backyard. Whoa, that last part he said there, if you kill one American citizen, if Hamas kills one American citizen, we're going to blow up your oil refineries in Iran. He is saying. I don't know if we actually would, but that's what Lindsey Graham, U.S. Senator, is saying. One more American citizen. As right. Quite a few right. are already dead. Right. Yeah. Uh, of the hostages that are being held. Um, Iran, of course, denying this. We got this text. You wouldn't think you could get a funny text out of, out of this, but breaking news. 
Iran declares it has never discussed Hamas business dealings, even though Hamas frequently called on Iran on a speakerphone during important strategy sessions. <laughs> That's pretty well crafted. That's pretty good. Come on. Yeah. Implausible deniability. Yeah. The way this story, if you think this story is over and like we're just still talking about something that happened over the weekend, the way this story gets way more interesting. Well, first of all, it's still going on. Secondly, it gets way more interesting really fast. If like Lindsey Graham alluded to there, you know, if they kill an American hostage in uh, in Gaza, Hamas does and posts it to social media. Oof. Anyway, here's the latest from Clarissa Ward. Who's she with now? CNN on what's happening. Hamas had warned via its Telegram channel that ordinary residents of the city of Ashkelon should leave by 5 p.m. And literally, like clockwork, at 5 p.m., we just heard a massive, sustained, intense barrage of rockets. Most of them appear to have been intercepted by the Iron Dome, although we are hearing reports of some places in town where they made direct impact. It was then calm for a few minutes, then there was another siren, another sustained barrage, and it basically went on like that as we were discussing on air, on and off for about 35 minutes. Hamas saying hundreds of rockets were fired at this city. Now, I've heard from a couple of sources that there's a theory about that Hamas and Hezbollah and Iran, they're all working together, are trying to so barrage Israel with uh, dumb bombs and and rockets as opposed to missiles. Rockets really can't be directed. Um, That Israel will deplete its Iron Dome projectile supply. And then the Ayatollah and his henchmen can turn to more sophisticated missiles that will do much more damage and get them through. I wonder how true that is. Wow. So I didn't know that distinction. So a missile is something that can be guided. A rocket is... uh... Just going wherever. It's probably oversimplified, but yeah, rockets, just you point them and you shoot them. Wow. Well, I uh, hope Israel has a lot or they're getting resupplied by us or whatever's going on there. Also, where is Putin on this whole thing? He and Iran have been working together. You wonder wonder what that situation is. And that is still going on. President Zelensky, I'm sure, is thinking, thanks a lot. Uh, Nobody even remembers we're at war over here. We're fighting for right. our lives also. Right. Well, and now <clears throat> I've got to admit, and I'm not trying to make any final point with this or anything, but the fact that we have so depleted our stockpile of arms, uh, arming the Ukrainians, help them f- helping them fend off the utterly horrific invasion of their country, it leaves us down to help Israel now, not to mention help ourselves should uh, the going get truly rough. Yeah. China moves on Taiwan. How how depleted are we? I don't actually know the answer to that question. Uh, pretty darned, I think, is the answer. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I don't know to what extent. I mean, are we, are we, well, I don't know. Got a little bonus mailbag here I think might be worth getting to. Uh, some opinions. You can drop us a note either via text, uh, 415, what, 295-KFTC? Correct. KFTC, is that right? 415-295-KFTC. Or you can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Uh, got this on a slightly different subject, then we'll work our way back to Israel. Uh, Art from Altamont Springs in Florida, beautiful place, says, 
who needs Democrats to destroy the Republican Party when the Republicans already have Matt Gates and the seven mental dwarves? Uh, yeah, that deal is still going on. Is there going to be a Speaker of the House anytime soon? And then he says, by the way, never say hi to Jack at the airport. Oh, never say hi, Jack, at the airport. Is that an attempt at uh, humor? People have been saying that to me since I was a kid, for some reason. It's what passes for humor there in beautiful Altamont Springs, apparently. Uh, Moving along, Uh, Tom in SoCal says, Curious as to why I haven't heard anyone call for gun control legislation against Hamas, given the mass shooting over the weekend. Then he says, in case you're wondering, here's the current U.S. presidential succession lineup. I wasn't wondering, but he sends it along anyway, Tom in SoCal. Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, vacant, Speaker of the House, Senator Patty Murray, and Anthony Blinken. Does this lineup instill any respect or fear globally? So far, vacant seems to be the most qualified candidate. Oof. Greg says, I repeatedly referred to President Harris at the end of hour one of yesterday's show. He says, please don't ever, ever use that phrase again. Greg, wake up! I'd say it's 50-50 likely to happen. I'll be interested to see the president's uh, state today, his, his mental, physical state. Yeah, to the fact that um, who's going to be the president, well, who's going to be the president in 24, we had somebody get in yesterday and somebody get out yesterday. Former Representative Will Hurd of Texas dropped out of the Republican presidential primary yesterday. So all my Will Hurd bumper stickers and T-shirts and hats will become uh, valuable collector's items. He is now out. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is in. He ended his campaign for the Democratic nomination as he was challenging Joe Biden. He is now declaring he will seek the presidency as an independent candidate. And nobody... He's got... First of all, his statement was pretty good. For decades, Republicans have rallied against, have railed against big government, and Democrats have complained about big business. Behind the scenes, though, they have capitulated to both. Um, that's decent. True. Nobody's got the slightest idea whether he's going to hurt Trump more or Biden more, if that were the lineup. Everybody's guessing. I know a lot Interesting. of I know a lot of Trump friendly friends who are really into Robert F. Kennedy, Kennedy Jr., so I have no idea. Oh, things are getting weird, and they're getting weird fast. Now let's bring it all together with a, a note from Sideshow Bob. As a Beirut Marine vet, I will say I believe the reason we look weak to the world has more to do with the folks in Congress who would love to give Putin carte blanche to kill as many men, women, and children that it takes to steal a country than it does with Joe Biden and his infirmities. And the whole idea of Iran doing this now because of the $6 billion is laughable at best. That is less than one week's uh, worth of their GDP. I actually checked, and that's correct. I really doubt that played in the decision at all, considering that the planning for something like this took months, if not years. Uh, More than just a little pissed that you have made me defend that dunce in the Oval Office, by the way. Uh, Fair enough. And then he clarifies. He said, the reason we look weak to the world is that we've become that couple who is always fighting loudly in public about every little thing. Without unity, there can be no strength. Then he says this operation didn't cost anywhere near $6 billion. Uh, Instead of trying to put the blame on our political foes, we should be putting it squarely on the shoulders of those murderous a-holes that did it. There's a lot of truth there, uh, Sideshow Bob. Uh, I think in a country... I like Sideshow Mel! 
when you're talking about a country that is so strapped for cash as Iran, I think freeing up almost a week worth of their GDP is not insignificant. But you make some really good points. And, uh, yeah, our, our house is absolutely not in order domestically. Let's address a story you are likely to hear about, particularly if you are on social media. It is gruesome. Is it true or not is the question. First of all, the official death toll for Israelis is over a thousand now, and it will probably continue to grow. But one of the stories making its round a way it's around all the social media is 40 babies were taken out on gurneys, cribs overturned, strollers left behind, doors left wide open. Is that true or not? I don't have any idea, but I do know this. It has been a story for decades, if not centuries, at the beginning of conflicts to bring in atrocities toward babies. It's really interesting if you've never read about this phenomenon. Well, for instance, going back to the first Iraq war, there were stories of the Iraqis going into, who did they invade? Kuwait. And going into hospitals and unplugging incubators, allowing babies to die. That story made the rounds for days at the beginning of that. And we all reacted with horror. This is the way you would. Turned out not to be true. There have been stories for centuries, I think, certainly for for a long time, of uh, Nazis or whoever the, the, the bad guy is in this story throwing babies in the air and catching them on their bayonets. Yeah. Horrors against babies are a are a, a rallying cry or a I don't I'm not exactly sure how it all fits in if it's on purpose or what but this really sounds like that sort of thing overturned gurneys it's, it could happen I mean the, the the monstrous Hamas did plenty of horrible things on Saturday I've seen the videos mm-hmm. but I'm just they saying, machine gun kids absolutely they machine but, gun kids in front of their parents but this fits in with the baby thing. That has happened a number of times over the years. It's a it's practically a required element of uh, war effort is to demonize the other side, dehumanize them, because you're going to go in and kill them. And it's you know they they talk about moral injury. Uh, human beings are not meant to slaughter each other. It messes with your head. Um, and you've got to ratchet up people's hate and anger and determination. I'd, I'd say there's plenty to justify it at this point anyway. But, yeah, I read that the they came into one small town. There are 40 babies dead. Um, who knows if it's true? Uh, yeah, that whole you've got to strip your opponent of their humanity so you can do what you got to do is as old as time. And I was thinking about that yesterday, uh, watching some of those stories. I mean, how they're treated some of those young women that they grabbed off the street and we won't get into the details you can probably imagine but the only way you could do that is if you didn't see the person as a human being mm-hmm. you wouldn't even i don't you couldn't even hardly see him as a live sentient animal because you wouldn't do that to a, a dog or a cat or a pig i mean so it's just amazing we all need to recognize that we have that ability apparently in human nature to make other humans of some sort, that village, that race, that whoever, less than human, which allows us to do all kinds of horrific things. If you want a grim but fascinating read, read uh, Grossman's On Killing, Dave Grossman. The book is simply called On Killing. It's uh, it's all about this topic. It's It's something. DeSantis was on Morning Joe today on MSNBC and said Hamas needs to be no more. I know that Joe Scarborough agreed with him. 
as do uh, most politicians. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> this story is long from over. Uh, we do a whole bunch of these segments. If you ever miss a segment, if you subscribe, you get it fed to your podcast. It's Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
The Armstrong and Getty Show. New York Governor Kathy Hochul ordered the state liquor authority to allow bars to serve alcohol as early as 8 a.m. yesterday for the Buffalo Bills game played in London. Not only that, during the Giants game, she temporarily legalized heroin. <laughs> wow. Wow. I believe that is the Giants are terrible humor. The idea that the government tells you what time a bar can be open and serve is just ridiculous to me. I just can't even believe that's a thing. Well, yeah, legality has replaced morality. That is interesting. And even like self-determination and what's good for me. The government says it's okay. It must be okay. A um, couple things for you. Nobody won the Powerball last night. It is about one and three quarters billion dollars now. Could go up yeah. a little more before the drawing tomorrow night. Somebody, somebody did get five numbers. That had to be heart-stopping as you go over your ticket. That one matches. That one matches. That one matches. Wet your pants. That one matches. Even worse. That one. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Although they did win 1.3 mil, which is not bad. No, no, no that's life-changing money. So, yeah. Heck, yeah. 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 Wow. I got to go get it. But Where do you get a ticket? It's, I, I never do this. <laughs> it's life-changing. Actually, it's probably better for you. It'd probably be better for you all the way around. You, your kids, your friends, your psychology, everything, your marriage. To have life-enhancing money, but not life-changing, I-couldn't-spend-it-if-I-tried money. Because that, uh, that, that could really that could turn things fast. It would be the, the challenge of a lifetime, of a dozen lifetimes, to handle that in a way that doesn't kill you. I don't think it would be a problem for me at this point in my life. But when I was younger, absolutely. Surviving that would have been difficult. If I was 25 and I got that money, um, either like uh, dying from over pleasure or just oh, a no. series of horrifying mistakes. Um, but uh, I don't yeah. think at this point in my life, it, it, uh, you know, I don't think it would change. Although it. you almost couldn't make enough horrifying mistakes that you couldn't sell everything and have a ton of money still. The thing that I fear, if I ever think about this sort of thing, which is fairly rarely, is that the entire world would be coming at you. To steal it, to beg for it, to legitimately want it to cure their cancer-stricken child, it would be a lifelong, like, a fortress situation you'd have to build around yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. You At can... least until you faded into the woodwork, uh, you know, a few years later. But, I mean, you know, from the messing up your life, I suppose it depends on your morality and whether you would own up your responsibilities, but you knock up half a dozen strippers and your life has changed quite a bit. But enough about Hunter Biden. <laughs> I got another yeah, half a dozen. Or whatever happens in your life. Um, I got another stupid story for you. We have a new world record for the biggest pumpkin. Two th- uh, guess me guess how big it is. And don't don't do the thing where you guess a million pounds just to five run. million pounds. <laughs> <laughs> now you, you you went tooth, so I know it was two thousand pounds. They did this at my school when I was a kid, my grade school in Cuba City, Wisconsin. They'd put a giant pumpkin, because it was a rural area, it was a town of 2,000 people. Um, they'd put a giant pumpkin in the lobby of the school, and everybody would guess the weight. And if you if you guessed the weight correctly, you won the pumpkin, which I'm sure my parents were happy I never won it, because then what are you going to do? But um, 
But because we were little kids, everybody would guess like 2,000 million, 100,000 pounds, and it would usually end up being like 95, which is a really, really big pumpkin. Sure. Yeah. Anyway, the world's biggest pumpkin now is 2,749 pounds. Dang near a 3,000-pound pumpkin. Woo! That's unthinkable. It is unthinkable. Well, and, and and like humans, pumpkins get that get that big are just misshapen blobs. Yeah, yeah, it's not. They a, don't look like pumpkins at all. Not a good <laughs> like humans. Why did you have to put that in our heads? Um, a pol- politics news that you should know. We got an open Senate seat in California. It's being filled now, but it's wide open for the race for twenty four. Former Dodgers and Padres star Steve Garvey is going to run for the Senate from California. Wow. In an era of celebrity, I have no idea what his politics are. Not the slightest. All I know is he broke Cubs fans' hearts in 1984. I can't vote for him. In a different Senate race, latest polling out has Carrie Lake leading oh. Kirsten Cinema and Gallego? Gallego? I don't know the other person. Uh, Gallego, I think, but um, wow. Oh, no. Carrie oh, Lake leading no. in that poll. Makes Matt Gates look like the Pope. Anyway. Uh, and then another thing that I learned last week. So all the fundraising numbers came in for first quarter, second quarter, whatever, for all these politicians. And they all tried to spin them. Well, I had seen a couple of headlines where I thought, oh, Ron DeSantis had a good quarter. Turns out it was just the opposite, according to people who actually pay attention to this sort of stuff. If disastrous quarter. And the whole, he he made so much money, he's able to move his entire staff to Iowa. No, that's a, we don't have enough money. Our only hope is if we can do something in Iowa, move the staff to Iowa. It's a desperation ploy, not a things are often running ploy. Well, speaking of politics, do we have a speaker yet? Has the green smoke emerged from the Capitol chimney? They, it's green smoke because they burned $10,000 bills to <laughs> oh, signify geez. the new speaker. If you miss an hour, get the podcast. Armstrong and Getty. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.